Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their insights. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'd also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about autism stories. This year, I'm excited that there are going to be more stories from autistics than ever before on this podcast. However, before we move forward, I thought it would be a good time before we get too far into 2023 to reflect on the past year and some great moments on autism stories. There were so many moments to choose from, and if I did review all of our great moments, I think it would be probably a four-hour podcast. So I had to choose just a handful that were particularly meaningful to me. So if you're a fairly new listener to Autism Stories, this episode may be helpful to point you in the direction of some of the wonderful episodes from 2022. And for those that have been listening for a while now, your list of some of these meaningful moments may be completely different from mine. And I'd love for you to email me about your favorite moments of 2022. As as always, you can find my email in the podcast description for this episode. So when I'm not doing things work-related or recording these podcast episodes, you probably quite often can find me watching TV shows. Um, I watch quite a bit of TV series. And, you know, early in 2022, I remember talking with Rebecca Faith Quinn about the film she created, A Simple Date. And that, that was meaningful to me because, you know, when I see a TV show that has openly autistic characters, I definitely pay attention. And we certainly need more autistic actors. But I think what's kind of under the radar is the importance of autistic writers and directors to write for these actors. Uh, and, and, that, and, you know, that's what Rebecca talked about with, with her film when she, when she told me that I decided that I really wanted to write a film that explains autism, but shows it in a normal light. Like it's something that's no big deal because yes, even though the selling point of my film is that she is autistic, referring to the main character, it's still a normal relationship. And I don't feel like a lot of media surrounding autism presents autism in in that way. And then about a, a few weeks later, I had a conversation with Mary Nixon Hahn. And as an entrepreneur, leadership is something that I try to improve upon on a daily basis. And hopefully I do a good job for my team at Autism Personal Coach. And I really loved what Mary said in this episode where she talked about being a leader and, ta- and, and said, I'm the kind of person I come alongside people. You learn more walking together instead of standing there pointing fingers from a distance. I'm a side-by-side leader. I always tell my crew, it's never about me, it's about we. 
And that's what I try to impart on my team as well, that it's, it's not about me, certainly as the entrepreneur or as you as the coach. It's about how you work together with the person you're supporting. So really loved what Mary had to say about that. And, you know, through Autism Personal Coach, we, you know, we have a lot of uh, clients and some are, you know, learn they're autistic at an early age, but, but maybe even the majority of our clients at this point learn they're autistic a, as adults are, you know, are late, you know, late, late identified. And I had a conversation um, in March with uh, CJ LaFontaine because finding resources from autistic people explaining the autistic experience is not easy to find. And she created the uh, autistic book master list. And this is what CJ told me about creating this. It surprised me how many things I could find once I was able to kind of organize them. I didn't expect to be able to find that many books, especially written, by autistic folks themselves. It didn't seem like there would be a lot out there and there really is a lot. So even though it might be hard to find, there really are a lot, is a lot out there. So definitely go back and check CJ's interview and check out the autistic book uh, master list, which is an extensive database dedicated to finding autistic uh, authors and stories. Now, something in 2022 that became a priority for me and will even become more of a priority on autism stories this year is speaking with non-speaking autistics. And as you know, a podcast podcast, I think, is a great platform to have these conversations with um, non-speakers. And, uh, you know, one person, one non-speaker that I talked to earlier this year was uh, Rohit Dixit. And Rohit talked about um, their communication hurdles. And Rohit told me that the most and biggest hurdle is communication because of my sensory mind and body issues which distract my actions. RPM helps me to communicate and provide a means to learn academics. Being an autistic adult itself is a hurdle. In spite of these challenges, I try to focus and do my best to become a journalist. So not only can you go back and listen to Rohit's episode, but we had many non-speakers this year, probably had about 10 episodes or more from non-speakers. And I definitely encourage you to go back and check those out. And then not too long after Rohit's um, episode, I had a chance to talk with someone that I followed on social media for a long time, Purple Ella. And I think it was, you know, what's what interested me about talking with Purple Ella is that social media to me is kind of... Uh, at times, something I don't want to be associated with at all, but I also know how valuable it's been to me in my life just because it's given me an opportunity to connect with so many other autistics. And Purple Ella, I talked with with Ella about this, and Ella told me, I've lived a really long time not knowing that I'm autistic. 
Since people weren't being diagnosed with autism when I was a child, that must mean there's actually loads of people like me out there who are autistic and either haven't realized or are just finding out. Maybe it would be useful if I talk about it on the internet. And Ella talking about it was certainly useful to me and so many others. And I'm really so thankful to every autistic social media account that's out there because I learn from, from so many. Now, as someone who's late, later in life has learned that uh, they're autistic, it's really important to me to hear from other professionals about how they disclose, do they disclose, do they not disclose. And I really loved hearing from Dr. Becky Aykroyd, who came on the show earlier this year, and, and Dr. Aykroyd told me, when I came back off my period of timeout with burnout, I suddenly realized we needed a top-down disclosure approach to mental health problems. If senior doctors aren't disclosing, if patients get that doctors don't get that, then it becomes more stigmatized. If we don't disclose, nobody else will disclose. Openness means that somebody else who is struggling may feel like they can talk about their mental health problems too. Autism is not a mental health problem, but may come with mental health problems too. And, you know, Dr. Aykroyd was one of those people that have kind of influenced me over the last year in terms of my disclosure. And I think one of the things that makes disclosure challenging is there's such a lack of understanding and stigma about the autistic experience. That's why I was thrilled only just, uh, oh, I think it was over the summer actually, it was in July, to um, have Dr. Wen Lawson and Fergus Murray return to Autism Stories to talk about, to me, the the theory that best explains the autistic experience, and that is monotropism. They've developed a website, monotropism.org, to really learn about, and they compiled all wonderful resources on this theory. When they came on Autism Stories in July, this is what they told me. There are so many community priorities that it just not had been anywhere close to adequate research. And I think that part of the reason why the research hasn't gone far farther is further is because they haven't, for the most part, they have not had an adequate theory of autism. They're trying to make sense of this phenomena without a uniform theory to ground it on. And thanks to people like Dr. Wen Lawson, who co who is one of the co-creators of this theory, and and working with Fergus Murray to create uh, this website, monotropism.org, I think so many more people will learn about this important theory and have a better understanding of what the autistic experience is much more accurately like. And hopefully, you know, things that people say that are harmful to us as autistics, things like functioning labels will become less prevalent. And I remember not too long ago having Jamie Heidel, who came on Autism Stories, and Jamie talked about functioning labels. And Jamie said, I don't understand when someone gives me something that's more than three steps. I can't do it and I just panic. But I can write you a book in three days. 
It's one of the reasons that I have trouble with functioning labels and why the autistic community in general has trouble with functioning labels. Because you can't call someone like me high functioning because that's not accurate. And you can't call me low functioning because that's not accurate. They're both accurate depending on what's going on. And, you know, like Jamie said, I think that's so critical because we need more support sometimes as autistics. Uh, you know, our support needs are higher and then other times maybe not as much. And I think when, for me, when my support needs are higher or maybe I'm more overwhelmed, it's very difficult to um, communicate. Um, I just do not have the mouth words to communicate. And I would imagine this is an experience that is far from just me. And I think, you know, the creative arts and things like art therapy are great ways to communicate things um, when maybe um, we don't have mouth words uh, temporarily or more on a permanent basis. And I remember talking with Jackie Schuld, uh, an art therapist, and Jackie told me, running my own art therapy practice has been one of the greatest vehicles for self-growth I've ever had because I have to take ownership of every single decision in my practice. Do I want to maintain my policies? It's been such a process of looking at myself and standing true to my values and designing my practice in a way that really both meets my client's needs, but also meets my needs. And, you know, I kind of t talked about that in an, an article I recently wrote for Autism Spectrum News, honoring my limitations as an autistic entrepreneur about, you know, the very thing that Jackie uh, talked about. And there's, there's so many amazing moments, I, th I thought, and so many people I learned from in 2022 in Autism Stories. Um, and one of my favorite moments was with Angela Lacascio, because Angela came on Autism Stories, and she talked about a subject that I wish was talked about so much more, because so many of us as autistics, we want to have sex, we enjoy having sex, but for whatever reasons, this subject, it cannot be discussed. And Angela came on uh, Autism Stories, and what Angela said was, sex is deemed an inappropriate subject. People either shut down or they start giggling, or maybe they just blurt out everything and say too much. It is deemed inappropriate and something to be ashamed of. There's so much shame in our country in the way that people think about sex. We're over-sexualized when it comes to the media, but we're also very ashamed when it comes to our personal selves. It really is confusing. So I hope in 2023, personally, I become less ashamed about talking about sex. I want to become much more open about that, that subject and Hopefully we'll have some episodes, more episodes uh, this year that uh, cover this subject. You know, last but, but not least, it's probably no surprise that uh, I will be, if you've listened to Autism Stories from a while, that you know that I love running. I've run eight marathons. I'm very passionate about it. It's It's been interesting because 
you know, through these four plus years of autism stories, I've come across so many other autistic runners and I've loved talking with each one of them. A couple months ago, had the pleasure to speak or with uh, Jesse Tim and Jesse um, explained the the joys of running for for him and I just love what Jesse said. Currently, that is the one place where I'm entirely unmasked. I don't guard myself when I'm running. It's true self-expression. It's the only place I'm really fully authentic and fully able in a way that I don't feel self-conscious about or I'm not wondering if I look weird or if people are going to notice me in the wrong way. It's the purest form of joy I have access to. And I certainly can relate to that, Jesse, and I really loved our conversation. I loved all 50, I think it was 52 conversations I had this past year. Each one was special to me. And uh, and I'm so excited that we're going to be bringing you 100 or so um, interviews this year, as, as I think you're going to learn as much as I do from so many wonderful people. So um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories. And if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, when we're going to be back bringing you um, our next original interview, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.